this is Dr. Bob Evans, and welcome to our podcast, Parental Alienation from Couch to Courtroom and Beyond. We will discuss the resisting and refusing dynamic, commonly referred to as parental alienation, how you'll know it's happening in your case, and what can be done about it. Parental alienation can cause stress and trauma in high-conflict cases. These podcasts focus on how attorneys and mental health professionals can support families and children. Welcome back, and I apologize for my absence. I've been incredibly busy. It seems that parental alienation is at an epidemic proportion around the country. Um, That's good news and bad news, I guess. Bad news for the victims, parents, and the children. And I want to talk today a little bit about an article that I was reading uh, authored by Ashish Joshi. His last name is J-O-S-H-I. He's a prominent attorney out of Michigan. He's a prolific writer, actually. He writes um, articles for the Michigan Family Law Journal. He's written a book by the American, published by the American Bar Association on litigating parental alienation. And uh, he works with a lot of attorneys around the country helping them co-counsel alienation cases. Um, This is starting to sound like a commercial for um, my colleague, Mr. Joshi. But I want to talk about his article, um, which was uh, basically talking about the temporary no-contact orders that courts are awarding uh, victims of alienation so that they can get a good reunification um, between the alienated Uh, parent and the alienated child or the rejected parent. And so what he talked about was basically the definition that some of the courts are looking at how they're they're referring to alienation. And basically he talks about how courts are uh, reaffirming the sole physical and legal custody custody, uh, to the targeted parent and a what typically goes with that is a no contact period uh, f- that would restrain the alienating or favored parent from having contact or unsupervised contact with the child. And so what he's noticing is that the courts are um, refusing to get drawn into the meaningless controversies surrounding parental alienation. You know, the arguments that uh, alienation is junk science, it's, it's a new phenomenon, and there's no real substance to the research behind it, or it's all opinion research, it's all qualitative research, and therefore the court shouldn't be paying any attention to it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and that's starting to go away, where the courts are now starting to focus on the behavior of the alienating parent, that frequently referred to as the favorite parent, and, and it's recognizing that, uh, you know, alienation has been around quite a while, at least in the legal uh, arena, since the 19th century. And again, one of the most famous cases of um, alienation in the 19th century is uh, the poet Shelley, who was alienated from his children. And that was uh, written about in England uh, way back in the 1600s, 1700s. Um, and I may be wrong on the dates of when Shelley's case was presented. But anyway, in the scientific literature, alienation has been written about in the 1940s, and probably the most recent, the most famous one was uh, um, uh, not Eric Fromm, but it was uh, Eric Reich, uh, Wilhelm Reich, who wrote about um, alienation in 1949, I think. 
the concept has been acknowledged and addressed uh, for over 200 years, so it's certainly not a new concept. Um, it's been widely accepted. One of the widely accepted definitions is that it's a mental condition in which the child, and usually one whose parents are engaged in a high-conflict separation or divorce, allies himself or herself uh, strongly with an alienating uh, or favored parent and rejects the relationship with the targeted or the rejected parent. And the key here is without legitimate justification. And one of the things that happens is when you start to look at the different uh, aspects of this definition, you start to look at first that parental alienation can be conceptualized as a mental condition present in the child. And notice uh, we're avoiding the whole issue of uh, the DSM-5 with their uh, mental disorders. It's a mental condition, not a disorder. Disorders are recognized by the DSM-5. And we could talk about that whole phenomenon. Um, one of the things that's interesting to note is that not all psychiatrists uh, adhere to or support the definitions that are presented in the DSM-5. Uh, they had voted it. The American Psychiatric Association published the DSM-5. But keep in mind that not every psychiatrist signed on to this whole document. So the idea is it's a mental condition in which the child, usually one whose parents are engaged in this high-conflict separation and divorce, they, they take sides in these situations and they reject one of their parents. Um, the idea that um, it's a mental condition within the child. And this is consistent with what Richard Gardner talked about back in the 1980s when he talked about parental alienation syndrome. The syndrome it primarily focuses on the child. Parental alienation focuses on the favored parent, the rejected, targeted parent, and the child. The key here is that the child then has come up with some distorted view of the targeted parent as being evil, dangerous, or somehow unworthy of their love and affection. The next thing that we notice in the definition is that the uh, rejection of the targeted parent is without any legitimate justification. And that's a key point. If you have any sense that that targeted or rejected parent deserved, if you will, and that's in quotes, somehow brought the rejection on by themselves, well, then you don't have alienation. If they're really uh, very aggressive, physically aggressive and abusive to the child, very neglectful to the child, um, then you might consider the idea that, well, maybe this is estrangement and it's not alienation. I caution people to think about that also because what we do see in the research is that abuse children typically want to maintain a relationship with the perpetrator of the abuse. So it's sort of an interesting phenomenon. It has to really be investigated very, very comprehensively. The um, other piece of the, in the definition is that we're noting that the target or rejected parent's not perfect. That typically, um, they have some contribution to the child's uh, you know, dislike of them, at least on a temporary basis. You know, we talk about the uh, targeted parent you know, as being anxious, agitated, angry, and afraid. And so that those emotions are uh, demonstrated sometimes to the child. It's very frustrating. It's very difficult. It's anger-producing for a parent to be 
rejected by a child who had a previously loving relationship. It just doesn't make any sense to that parent, and they don't know how to respond in it. So it, that's quite understandable. So we know that the target parent's not uh, at fault, if you will, for the rejection. Um, dealing with the sabotaging, the breakdown of that relationship is very difficult for anyone to deal with. Um, and it's, it's f the child's rejection of that parent is far out of proportion to anything that that parent has done. That's why it's very bewildering. So in defining parental alienation, family courts have focused on the behavior manifested by the alienating parent and the signs of alienation that are present in the child. And then we, we, those are the eight, eight symptoms of parental alienation and the 17 strategies an alienating parent engages in. That's very well rec recognized in the literature and, and in our work with the courts. The... Uh, some courts actually define parental alienation by focusing on the behaviors of the alienating parent, uh, where one parent is trying to undermine or destroy to varying degrees the relationship that the child has with the favored, the uh, targeted parent. Um, some courts have been defining the condition by focusing on the mental conditions of the child. In other words, also the behavior that the child is exhibiting, and that would give us an indication of what's going on within the child. So the essential feature of parental alienation is a child uh, allies themselves uh, with um, uh, strongly with one parent, the preferred or favored parent, and rejects the relationship uh, with the other parent, um, again, without any legitimate reasons or rationale. So experts have been focusing on the um, different terminologies, if you will, that are out there. Uh, Stanley and Rivlin, who authored the book uh, Children Held Hostage, published by the American Bar Association, use the term programming, brainwashing, indoctrination, and they're basically describing the whole phenomenon of parental alienation, but they use different words. The key to their work, though, is they explain that these behaviors, basically the alienating behaviors, hinder the relationship of the child with the other parent due to jealousy or drawing the child closer to, the to them, uh, getting the child to communicate more with them because they're lonely, they have a desire to obtain an ally. We also sometimes see it as that revenge, too, and if there's real pathological, psychological reasons that a, 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 a favored parent would do these things. And these techniques that the alienating parent uses may also be employed to control or distort information that the child provides to lawyers, judges, therapists. How about um, investigators of sexual abuse as well? So they also distort that information. And because alienation is a counterintuitive phenomenon, people who do this work, therapists, investigators, they buy into what the child's saying, and they come back and they tell the court that the child must be telling the truth. Had once a, I was in court in the state of Washington, and a mental health professional said he didn't know why the children were rejecting their father, but because they were rejecting it, they must have had a reason. When asked about what his expertise in parental alienation was, he said he thinks he read an article about it. And that, that's what's going on around the country still today. Richard Warshock, a very uh, famous person who authored the book Divorce Poison, talked about pathological alienation that results from 
such alienating behaviors as a disturbance in which children, usually in the context of sharing a parent's negative attitudes, suffer unreasonable adverse aversion to a person or persons with whom they formerly enjoyed a normal relationship, a loving relationship, um, with whom they would normally develop affectionate relations. Uh, Nebraska, in Nebraska Supreme Court, found a custodial parent to have used, quote, passive-aggressive techniques in undercutting the custodial parent relationship with the children. So in the end, the consensus among the court's experts, mental health professionals, appears to be that parental alienation refers to a child's reluctance or refusal to have a relationship with a parent without a good reason. And regardless of the varying definitions that are out there of parental alienation or even the nomenclature, that is the words parental alienation, the consensus among the courts is that there's no doubt that parental alienation exists. And more importantly, courts agree that is a form of emotional abuse that should not be tolerated. I'll go so far as to say it also meets domestic violence definitions, it makes physical abuse as well because of the phenomenon uninterrupted, untreated, is going to cause some serious psychological and medical problems in children. Well, I hope you found this a little interesting. Um, I apologize again for being absent for so long, and I hope um, maybe my schedule will open up so I can do some more of these podcasts. Take care and uh, be well. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. For more information on this topic, please visit www.drbobevans.com or www.naopas.com. We offer classes for both legal and mental health professionals to help educate them on the signs and strategies of parental alienation and how to move forward for a healthier environment for the children of divorce. Please visit www.naopas.com and sign up for our courses and use coupon code PODCAST for a 50% discount. Mm-hmm.